0: Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. This is episode number 12. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris.
1: And I'm Thomas Craft.
0: Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Today we're having a discussion about how to deal with difficult audience members during a question and answer session.
1: Episode 12 of the Presentation Boss podcast and welcome to the show. Today we're going to start with a little bit of follow-up. We had an email from a listener and it said basically that uh, you and I make a big effort on the podcast to sound like we're always agreeing with each other, which is probably fair enough.
0: Yeah, and I can certainly see that. I mean, there is certainly so much that we agree on. A lot of the topics that we cover in the podcast are ones that we teach when we're doing our corporate workshops and our individual coaching and in our speakers group as well. There's a lot of content that we've you know, discussed and talked about over the couple of years that we've had this business. And we have reached a place of agreeance after a lot of discussion and everything
1: and even more than that, we naturally agree with each other on a lot of these topics anyway. That's part of the reason we were drawn to each other to start presentation, boss.
0: Yeah, for sure. So it does. It, so it does make a lot of sense. And I remember you said that when you listen back when you're doing editing. Oh yeah. Because um, Thomas does edit our podcast. That all you can hear now is us agreeing. Yeah,
1: one of us is talking and there's just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree in the background. <laughs> you know, You hear it back and. Genuinely, we sit here and we talk to each other and agree with what's being said.
0: Yeah. So in future, we will probably cover some topics that we don't necessarily agree on. And it's nice to know that we don't need to shy away from those topics that we're not expected to, I guess.
1: And it's certainly not a big effort that we put on um, to sound like we're absolutely in unison and agree, because sometimes we do not. And we'll let that come through.
0: Yeah, it might happen today. But I also know that we've discussed this in the past before. We've helped each other with the issue of dealing with difficult audience members. So a lot of the conversation will probably still be agreeing.
1: When we do this podcast, we do actually outline. um, We make a couple of short notes just to keep us on track with what it is we're going to say. And looking at it, yeah, I think we've probably workshopped most of these scenarios together at some point in the past. And of course, this topic is one area that we cover in some of our workshops, Mm. dealing with difficult people in your audience. So thank you for writing in. It's given us something to think about, and we'll definitely be taking that on board. Mm. So let's move into dealing with difficult audience members.
0: In a presentation, there is generally two different times that you are potentially going to encounter a difficult audience member. The first one is during a question and answer session where you've asked for questions whether that's at the end of a presentation or sometimes partway through. And the other one is when you are giving a presentation and you haven't asked for contribution yet and someone is vocal during that presentation. And today we're going to focus just on the first type which is difficult audience members during a Q&A session. The issue with question and answer sessions is that you generally have given a little bit of control of the room to your audience so you are specifically asking someone else to take over for a few seconds to ask a question.
1: Yeah you've given a little bit of authority to whoever's you know, speaking into the microphone or has taken the floor to ask that question.
0: Yeah. And most of the time that is fine. Occasionally you will get people who make that process just a little bit more difficult. And it's worth knowing how to deal with these people while still maintaining your own poise and composure and still being respectful
1: So whenever you're giving a presentation or having a conversation, whoever's asking the questions is the one in control of the conversation. So that's the authority that you're handing across to the room in a question answer period. You're actually giving a little bit of control of that conversation to whoever wants to ask questions. And sometimes you do get somebody who is going to be difficult. They're not really playing, you know, the game that you want to be playing here. They're not uh, on track with the presentation or they're going to use this as their time to shine as they see it
0: whether consciously or unconsciously not not all of the difficult audience members that you encounter have malicious intent sometimes sometimes people will not necessarily have the skills to communicate that progresses the conversation so you need to be able to deal with that as well
1: and it's worth knowing when you have a difficult audience member especially one who does have a bit of malicious intent as a presenter you can get quite emotional in that moment if somebody is attacking you or trying to derail a presentation it's really easy to get emotional. It's mm. and it could be especially if there are people in the room that you know, and there's already you know some background baggage and and a situation there.
0: Or if you're already nervous oh, giving yes. that presentation, if someone niggles you a little bit, that can just really exacerbate any nerves or discomfort that you're already feeling.
1: And you can begin to spiral if you've maybe if the presentation hasn't gone perfectly. already nervous and then you've got somebody who's trying uh, you know you've got somebody who's being a little bit difficult you can get really emotional yeah and one thing that we do know is when you get emotional on stage it can be exceptionally difficult to think clearly and to respond in an effective manner so as we get into the types of difficult audience member that you will get one of the things i always teach in our workshops is about indexing and indexing is the process where you prepare for the potential difficult audience members and difficult situations that you may get in advance so that when you're in that emotional state, you can call on something that you've already thought about when you've had a clearer mind at another time.
0: Not trying to make that decision on the spot.
1: Yeah, so when you're getting emotional, you have a place to go. You can let the person uh, maybe finish their sentence. You can take a pause, call back on that indexed phrase that you have or that indexed response that you have and deliver it. And it makes, it makes you such a more calm presenter, controlled presenter, and just prepared.
0: And on that being calm and controlled, that is one of the things you're trying to achieve. The first one is definitely maintaining that poise and control of the conversation.
1: Another thing you need to achieve is that you need to be keeping your presentation on track. So the whole time that you're presenting um, and even asking for questions, it's your presentation. And we've talked in previous episodes about having your message, about having your little uh, sticky note with your message on it. So need to maintain that this presentation stays on message, that it stays Mm -hmm. on track which is something you need to achieve when you're dealing with this difficult audience member, when you're thinking about how to respond to somebody who's maybe not quite on track with this presentation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the third thing that you want to achieve is making sure that you are respectful at all times, both to your audience and that difficult audience member and also yourself. Mm. Because when you get snippy on stage and you say something to someone, even if you believe that they don't have the greatest intent towards you and you feel like, you want to be sniffy at them. <laughs> this is a really dangerous position to be in because you can really damage your credibility by saying something that's, that's unprofessional or maybe not presenting yourself in the best light possible. Because I know sometimes when you've got someone who is niggling you in an audience, not very nice things can go through your head, yeah. like, quite frankly.
1: <laughs> yes, it takes a bit of control to not say those. Yeah. Those are three things I think you need to achieve when you've got a difficult audience member, which is to maintain your composure and your authority The second is to make sure that you keep your presentation on track and on message. And the third is to remain respectful of yourself, your audience and even that difficult audience member.
0: I wanted to talk about the value of indexing and why you actually need to deal with difficult audiences as well. About a year ago, Will Anderson, who's a well-known Australian comedian, he's the host of the Gruen Transfer, he got into a little bit of strife and it came out that he had told his studio audience to F off. And later on, I heard him actually talking about this and he openly says, yes, that's what I did. From his perspective, what was happening was he had a couple of difficult audience members who were making a bit of noise and were making the recording of the TV show quite difficult. And he said mm. that he absolutely did tell this particular person to <laughs> F off. And he said that he kind of came out of this in the media looking like a right asshole because he just said this to someone. Looking like a jerk. Yeah. But it, from his perspective, he said he was trying to show kindness to the guests who were panellists on his show mm. because they wanted to get this done. The rest of the audience who were doing the right thing Mm. and all of the TV crew, crew, this was their work. This was what they're just trying to turn up to work and do a good (laughs) job with. And one person was derailing all of that.
1: Potentially uh, a couple of hundred people in that room. Yes.
0: So the value of him being assertive and shutting down this one audience member. Mm. And I mean, he could have got security to remove them, but instead he decided to deal with it at the time was actually showing kindness and being more professional to so many more people. He also said that perhaps he could have handled it (laughs) in a little bit better manner, which is what we're talking about now, is how to handle that in a professional manner so you can still deal with that person in an assertive way, but show kindness and respect to the rest of the people who are in that room. To you as a presenter, self-respect for the content that you have come to deliver, organizer who has gotten you to speak, whether that's at a meeting or a conference or whatever it is, even your own meeting, and for the rest of the audience who is doing the right thing and want to get on with what they came to see you present for. So we've identified five different types of difficult audience members that you can encounter during a Q&A session. And the first one we're going to start with is the troubleshooter. So this is the kind of person that has a very specific problem that is not for the general audience. So about two years ago now, I was sitting in a presentation watching someone else. It was an IT presentation talking about rolling out some new software. And the purpose of the presentation, the message was how much this is going to help the organization, the features and benefits that this software had. And one audience member put up their hand and basically said, when I click on this button, this window comes up and then I'm not sure how to, how to, how to do really. something.
1: Something really specific to it them. It was
0: really specific.
1: I've seen a very similar thing a number of times as well. One that springs to mind for me was during a photography presentation and this photographer was talking about how you can take really good photos with your smartphone. And he got talking about the auto blur effect, you know, like new smartphones yeah. have the two cameras. And somebody was, had stuck up their hand and says, oh, on my phone, I can't find the setting and it's on, you know, it's on Apple or Android. It's the other one. And how do mm. I click and enable and what app? and it just, again, became getting an answer to this question wasn't going to fix anybody else's problem. It was just really specific to that one person. Mm.
0: And this happens with more technical things Absol- like IT and software specifically. Well, I guess the, the photography is software. Apps are software, well. I would say. <laughs> <software>. <laughs> so, so when you when you're talking about something that people can have very specific issues with, that's when you're going to encounter this sort of person.
1: So, as a presenter, you need to be thinking very carefully about this troubleshooter, about this audience member, and thinking if I answer this question in detail, which you could well be tempted to do. Oh, that's it's I, a very
0: easy trap to uh, fall into.
1: I know, I know, I know exactly why he's having you know these problems with that app or clicking in the right place in new software. But thinking about it, if I answer this question, is it actually going to help everybody else in the room as well? Is, this... is it
0: achieving the message that you're trying to get across?
1: Yeah. So something that we teach is when you encounter the troubleshooter, when you encounter somebody who's coming to you as the expert in the room in front of a lot of people to fix their very specific problem, you need to index a response to give back to them with a bit of sympathy because clearly they're having an issue that they're willing to bring up in a public space, in a public forum.
0: And oftentimes there's a lot of frustration that comes with, especially software or something like that, something technical that somebody just wants to get an answer to because they've been struggling with it. And if they just ask this person, this one question, it's going to solve everything for them, but it's not the forum.
1: And I know that you want to help them. And if you can help them, absolutely you should, but this is just not the time and place, as you say. So we teach to have indexed a phrase in the back of your mind when you come across the troubleshooter that is very close to or a variation on thank you for your question, come and talk to me afterwards. Thank you for your question, come and talk to me afterwards. Mm. If you can deliver this with a little bit of sympathy and understanding to the person uh, and and you provide that promise that you, you want to help them and that you will help them, that's going to make them feel good, You've thanked them for their question, that you, um, you now have a bit of understanding about, about their problem obviously you're remaining respectful of this person's frustrations uh, and and the problem they're raising with you. Have a good think about uh, when you're indexing your own responses, have a think about if you need to add or remove anything in there, such as maybe saying, thank you for your question. It's very valid. I'd love to help you come and see me afterwards. Mm. Could be a variation. Whatever works for you and feels nice and comfortable, as long as you can store it in your mind and have it ready for when that troubleshooter appears in your presentation.
0: Yeah. So the, the issue with this one, if you don't address it, if if you don't have that response ready to go then you and you answer that question and tell them oh yeah you just need to click on this <laughs> yep. then you've got seven other people in the audience who are like oh oh i'm gonna get my little question answered I'm going to ask about my issue now <laughs> Yeah. and then it becomes completely off track and then you get into this space where you're well off track from what you originally wanted to talk about. So it, it is worth having that phrase ready to go and making it known to the rest of the audience, this is not the time for that right now.
1: Yeah, because if all, all of those seven people ask their specific question, you end up spending two minutes on each one. Mm. Oh, that's a long time of not providing value to everybody else in the audience. Yeah. So that's the troubleshooter, somebody with a specific problem that you could be tempted in giving a very detailed answer to and the correct response is to communicate with them that you will talk to them afterwards about their issue. The second type of difficult audience member that you may get during a question and answer session I like to call the commenter and this is a person who uh, you've asked for question and answer and they, they stand up and they start making some sort of comment. Maybe it's a bit of input, maybe it's a bit of their own thoughts or just you might think that they just feel the need to say something. The problem that can happen is often this person doesn't even have a question. Mm. It is literally just a comment or they have a question which is irrelevant, which is not on message or is just somehow this is not the time to be talking about that particular topic. So it's just irrelevant or they have no comment. A place that you see this come up is during Q and A, which is uh, the TV show, and they have a panel of you know
0: often How very relevant. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Q and A, but yes, the, the TV, TV, TV show Q and A, yeah, Q and A,
1: yeah. And they have a panel often of politicians and experts and such, and, a, mm. and a, a live audience. And they have a boom mic they hand around, and you see it sometimes. People, uh, especially on political issues, stand up and they just make a comment, and there's no question there, or it's a question about something that we're not talking about tonight. Uh, so again. This comes back to your sticky note of your message and what this presentation is about. Now, when you're dealing with this difficult audience member, you kind of want to signal to both them and the audience in that diplomatic polite way that this is not the time for that. Without sounding rude, of course, Mm. the response we teach to index for this one is something like, thank you for that. We will take that as a comment. If there was a question in there, By saying, we will take that as a comment, you have indicated that we're not going to give this a response. If it was a question that's irrelevant or maybe a bit snippy, we're taking that as a comment and moving on. And the rest of the audience who's now heard the question and your response is very aware that that's not something that's going to be particularly tolerated and certainly not entertained in this presentation.
0: this is different to someone who just wants to make a comment and actually contribute to the conversation because they're, they're really valid audience members and they're valued as well, which you can say, thank you for your input. That's some great things to think about, which is a lot more inclusive. But by saying thank you, we'll take that as a comment. It's a very gentle signal to all of the audience that this is not the forum for irrelevant comments or questions.
1: And sometimes you do have those people who want to genuinely contribute during mm. your question answer. And sometimes it can happen where somebody will ask a genuine question and somebody else is better positioned to answer that for you. And often that person can be a fellow expert or a superior or somebody who's a bit more specialized for that question at that time. So, yeah, you'd mm. absolutely thank them sincerely for that comment. Yeah. The third type of difficult audience member is what we call the oversharer. Mm.
0: This is the person for when you've got a five minute at the end of your presentation for Q&A has a four minute story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we've all come across this person who's just going to take up time. Now, you can often tell the oversharer being different from the commenter a lot in their manner and what they're saying. So the commenter is somebody who's just doing exactly that, they're placing comment. And The oversharer you can tell is giving you context and backstory for what feels like is going to end in a question eventually. Because their manner might be a bit more vulnerable, they're mm. giving a bit more um, detail and they're not as direct and pointed at making a comment, That they're being sincere. And it's worth understanding with this person that maybe they feel like all of this content and backstory needs to be said before their question can be properly understood, and that maybe they don't have the communication skills to succinctly state one or two sentences of backstory or context and Mm. then their question. And and so as a presenter, it's okay to help them out with, uh, with doing that and making sure that we actually do have time for other questions or that we get out of the meeting on time. So then how do we help this person, right? We want to make sure that we're not wasting time, but we also do want to hear their question, right? So what we teach with the oversharer is to bring this lengthy story to the question that will eventually come, is waiting for a bit of a pause that the person takes. And honestly, it might be they've taken a breath if they're somebody who speaks very quickly. Making that gesture, an open palm gesture, and simply saying, I'm going to pause you there. What's your question? I'm going to pause you there. What's your question? They may pause at this point um, uh, and think about, oh, what actually is my question? But it's certainly signaling that you feel you have enough context and backstory in this situation that you can go on and confidently answer their question. And potentially you've come across this exact same experience in other people before. so, So you don't need to hear all of that again. So likewise, this is keeping the presentation on track, certainly as far as time can Mm -hmm. go, especially in this situation, but also showing a little bit of kindness to that person who maybe doesn't have great communication skills, but also to everybody else in the room who maybe just wants to get this question asked, answered
0: and move on. So then we're on to the two most difficult types of audience members, the ones that need a lot of preparation and a, a fair bit of confidence and assertiveness to be able to deal with, that incite the most emotion in us. And the first one is the sniper.
1: So the sniper is the person who's sitting at the back of the room who you feel like his only goal is to make you look like a fool or to derail your presentation or to otherwise grandstand this presentation.
0: Because they might have disagreed with something that you've said or they've got they be in a bonnet.
1: Yep. Or they could feel threatened. But generally, it's quite an aggressive comment that's directed at you as the presenter. So a couple of years ago I had organised this large event and towards the end of the day I was doing the closing address and in that process asked if there were any comments or questions about the day. And there had been a few questions that were easily um, dealt with, nothing of note about those. And then I had a sniper stand up and I didn't really see it coming particularly, um, but this person stood up and straight down the barrel of the room looked at me with a comment that questioned basically my authority and my planning and decisions I had made about the day. Uh, And it was quite a long question. It did end in a question uh, about why I hadn't done X, Y, and Z. And you can imagine in that moment where you're standing in front of a room at the end of an event that you've organized and you've now got somebody publicly trying to pull you down. You can get very emotional very quickly and the thoughts that go through your mind are not pleasant. Um, so this is this is the sniper. This is um, somebody who is trying to derail your presentation somehow. Who is trying to you know rattle your cage, and maybe it's not intended to be malicious, and they really do just have a bee in their bonnet. So uh, the things to keep in mind when we're dealing with this person, two of them are very strong here. One is to maintain your composure and your authority and your level of professionalism. And to remain as calm as possible Uh, because this person is emotional and they're trying to get an emotional response out of you quite possibly so the less that you can react in an emotional way the more that that will just defuse the whole situation so that's all about what dealing with this person is is about acknowledging that uh, the action has taken place and defusing it defusing it to the point where we can just move on with the least amount of awkwardness possible this particular instance i pulled out the Thank you for your comment. Please come and speak to me afterwards about your thoughts. It can be worthwhile thinking up your own, um, depending on the situation that you may find yourself in the type of presentations you give. Something that's worth keeping in mind is I did know in that moment, if I told this person to come and speak to me afterwards, or if you ask them maybe to send it to you in an email, people won't. It it never happened, right? There's a very good chance that they're, they're, they're cranky and emotional in that moment. You know, given five minutes or a couple of hours or, you know, a full day by the time you ask them to send an email, they've just forgotten about it and moved on to the next thing or, you know, the emotions passed or it's just not as an important deal at the time.
0: Oftentimes in that moment, people will recognize what is happening and what has happened. Yeah. And,
1: that, and that's important because now you've got an audience looking at you for your reaction. Yes. If you can react in a very calm and diplomatic way.
0: Not hit back
1: it is going to earn you credibility.
0: Yep. So then the fifth type of difficult audience member that we'll talk about today, and this is an extreme situation and that is the complete takeover. Now this actually happened to me not that long ago. I was actually brought in to do a training session and I had about an hour session and, and because of the nature of the content, it was a little bit technical content, so I make sure that I invite my audience to ask questions all throughout my presentation rather than waiting for, you know, 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. before they question something. So, I say, at any point, please stop me and ask questions and what happened was I got about a half an hour in Mm. to about 50 minutes of content. So just over halfway. And the event organizer put up her hand for what I thought was going to be a question. And the traveling mic, the mic that was taken around for audience members who were asking questions, was taken over. And she just wanted to add her thoughts on one particular part of what I was talking about, which is fine. A helpful comment. It was a helpful comment. But then it continued, and she started presenting to the room basically on my content and kind of her perspective and take on it. And this continued for about 20 minutes, and in that was her asking the room if they had any questions for her. Now, if this was anyone else, if this was just an audience member, I could have very easily taken that control back. But the issue that I had in this moment was that this was the conference convener. So she held the highest authority in that room. And any attempt for me to stop her or pull her back would have looked petty or unprofessional or combative. Mm. So when she finally did hand back to me, My time that I actually had allocated was already up.
1: The end of the hour.
0: Yeah. So I wasn't actually able to deliver the rest of my content. So a couple of feelings come after that. And one is like, I was quite disappointed that my session didn't go to plan. And I was frustrated that I didn't get to deliver all of the content that I had planned. And I was also a little bit embarrassed Mm -hmm. because I felt like my competence in that topic was questioned because I'd been brought in as the subject matter expert and then had been kind of taken over. I had a couple of options on what to do there. And in the end, I decided to actually do nothing. Like I said, she was the authority in the room and I had to make a decision that I was not going to enter a power play with her. (laughs) And sometimes, very sometimes, the correct way to deal with a difficult audience member, depending on who they are, is to not deal with them.
1: I imagine quite a extreme situation and a rare situation and, and we've discussed How else you could deal with that situation and believe that doing nothing in that specific situation was a legitimate option and the correct way to go about it?
0: I believe it was, yeah. And interestingly enough, I was quite concerned that maybe I'd lost a bit of credibility because Yeah, you know, I I was overtaken with with my session. But since then, I've had quite a few people contact me and say that they liked how I handled it. And also two of them have actually already asked me to come and speak to them about this subject at their own event.
1: So it's certainly worth remembering is exemplified here that your audience are not idiots. They see what's going on. So when they saw this complete takeover, that that didn't reflect on you and your action to do nothing didn't reflect negatively on you in any way. And indeed, when we talk about uh, maintaining composure and professionalism, being respectful and diplomatic, that that actually worked in your favour in this specific circumstance.
0: Yeah. So they are five types of difficult audience member that you may encounter during a Q&A session.
1: So there was the troubleshooter, the person who's looking for a detailed answer to their specific problem and you offer to speak to them after the session. We then had the commenter who didn't really have a question or had a question that was somewhat irrelevant and you remind them that we're going to take this as a comment and you move right on. There was the oversharer, that person who has uh, too much story, four minutes of story in a five minute Q&A where you pause them and ask them, what is your question? There was the sniper. This is the person who's very direct towards trying to destabilize the presentation in some way. And dealing with this person was all about defusing the situation and not getting emotional. And then fifth, we had the extreme takeover that Kate talked about. And by doing nothing with a person of a lot more authority was actually the right thing to do. So that's dealing with difficult audience members in question answer sessions. And a lot of what we teach in our workshops is, is to do with indexing. I actually first came across indexing like a decade ago when I met a, a guy who always had a witty, uh, humorous comeback to any comment he sort of ever got. And I remember he was asked informally how, how he's so quick, how he gets all of his responses. And he told the story about in his younger days, he was a butcher and often he would have somebody come into the shop and they would make some sort of stupid question or comment. And he said he always suffered from staircase wit. And staircase wit is when you think of the really good response a few minutes or hours or days afterwards. And he said he made the assumption that that stupid question or comment would walk into his shop another day. And so the really good um, comeback line that he had thought of, he would just store in his mind. He would just literally keep storing all of these humorous responses to silly questions and comments. So when that question came up, next time he had the response ready to go and it made him look really witty and clever and smart. And he said he'd just been doing that all of his life. Uh, and it wasn't until a couple of years later I realized it's actually called indexing. And that's what you do is you, you take the the moments where you have a clear mind and you're not emotional and you bank all of these uh, responses that you may may come up against in future. That's the pair of indexing. It's useful in Q&A sessions, in presentations. It's useful in your personal life. And it's useful if you own your own butcher shop. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. If you have any questions about presentations that you'd like us to discuss, get in touch by emailing us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information of this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week.
1: I'll put the actual sound bodied, not just use yeah. that.
0: <laughs>